0: So this week's Torah portion starts us in the book of Leviticus and immediately it gets bloody and gory, right? I want to pull up Leviticus chapter 1, because as we read it, we need to see how these sins, what takes place. So many times we, I think we have this idea that if you sinned, you would take an animal, bring it up to the, to the Le- Levites, and what would they do? They would what? They would slaughter it, right? They would kill it, slice it, dice it, do everything they need to do. You're all done. Put a prayer over it. We're done. Give a couple shekels. We're ready to go, right? That's what most people think, isn't it? But did you read the Word? What did the Word say? Let's start here. It says now, Adonai called Moses and spoke to him out of the tent of meeting, saying, "Speak to Ben Yisrael and tell them: Any of you brings an offering to Adonai, you must present yourself, uh, present your offering of livestock from the herd or from the flock. If his sacrifice is a burnt offering from the herd." He is to present a male without blemish. He is to offer it at the entrance of the tent of meetings so that he may be uh, be accepted before Adonai. He is to lay his hands on the head of the burnt offering so that it will be accepted for him to make atonement on behalf. So basically, you would bring your animal in, right? You would bring it up to the tent of meetings. You would literally confess your sins over this animal and lay it upon this animal. It is becoming a substitute for your life. You're taking an innocent animal. Obviously, it's a cute one because it's without blemish, right? It's not, your, it's not the lamb that only has one, three legs, one eye, and they call him lucky, right? <laughs> this is the beautiful, you know, your best of your best, and you bring it before the Lord. He is to slaughter the bull before Adonai. Then Aaron's sons, the Kohim, are to present the blood and splash it around on the altar that it, it at the altar that is at the entrance of the Ten of Meetings. Who is supposed to do it? You are. You have to slaughter it. You have to kill that innocent animal. It's not, oh, let the Levites go do it. It's your responsibility. People have this idea, all i got to do is pray and I'll be done. No. Your responsibility, and it goes on. And not only were you to kill it, but let's continue to read. He is to what? Skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. Who's the he? We are. This is talking about the person, you're going to notice it says he and then the Levites, right? So the he is the person who's bringing this offering. So not only do you have to put your, you have to confess your sins over this innocent animal, this cute innocent animal, you have to slaughter it, and you have to skin it and cut it into pieces. There's work that goes along here, isn't it? Kind of messy and gory and bloody. So it's a great reminder of what's going on here. The sons of Aaron, the Kohen, are to place are to place fire on the altar and arrange the wood upon the fire. Then Aaron's son, the Kohim, should arrange the pieces, the head, and the fat upon the wood that is on the fire, which is atop of the altar. But its innards and its legs, he is to wash with water. The Kohim should burn it all up in, as smoke on the altar for a burnt offering made by fire, a smothering aroma to the Lord. So again, who is to take care of the innards? You are. You remember in high school when you had to dissect the frog? This is a lot bigger, right? You're having to get in there. In other words, you're taking responsibility for what you did. If his sacrifice is from the flock, and the, the, from the sheep, or from the goats, a burnt offering, he should bring a male without blemish. Ladies, you're in luck. Right? He is to slaughter it on the north side of the altar before Adonai. The Aaron's sons of Kohim are to splash its blood around on the altar. He is to cut it into pieces with his head and with his fat. The Kohim should then arrange them on the wood that is on the fire that is atop the altar. Do you get the idea what goes on here now? Do you have a different picture of what's taking place? It's not just going, you know, how you know we, we see in the Catholic Church, you go into a little box, you say, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. A couple Hail Marys, a couple full of graces, and you're okay, right? No, that's not how it works. When you made a sin, you had to pay and be a part of that sacrifice. You had to take that innocent animal and kill it. And after you have killed it, you had to skin it and then cut it up into pieces. That gives you a different understanding of what's taking place. And think about what God did for us. He gave His only begotten Son, put Him on the altar, sacrificed Him. He suffered for our sins, but He gave us The perfect sacrifice. See, even his sacrifice was without blemish. A male. Whose blood atoned for our sins. Like John was saying in the scripture that they literally put the blood upon you. You can imagine by the time you were done cutting up this animal, you were pretty bloody, weren't you? His blood covered you. But the animal's blood only covered your sins. Yeshua's blood wipes them away. And see, that's the big difference. See, when, when we sacrifice that animal and they have to keep it... Can you imagine being a habitual liar? The Levites have to walk, oh, it's him again right it's scary what you had to do it was it, if it was so easy people would keep sinning right but you had to do it so that they don't want to sin anymore god requires the best from us because he gives us the best in return he gave us the ultimate sacrifice the ultimate Atonement for our sins. Where we don't have to go and kill that animal. But think about it. Every time you sin, Yeshua has to be sacrificed. He was put on the altar. They literally beat him, whipped him, skinned him alive. You have to understand when they would whip him, the whips that took place, had little teeth on the end. So when it hit, it would scrape down and cut the body open. It was excruciating pain. Blood poured out. But the most important thing is that they couldn't kill him. See, he rose from the dead so he could atone for our sins. What we see God putting into place here in Leviticus, he fulfills in the renewed covenant. But what we can't forget is the promise that he made. That he would take away our sins. But that doesn't give us the right to go sin, right? Remember the woman who was caught in prostitution? Right? It was a trap, right? We know it was a a, a trap. But was she guilty? Yes. Yes. Of course, it takes two to tango. There should have been a man there too, right? But what was his response to the woman? Go and sin no more. You've been given a second chance. And that's the promise that God has for us. Think about it. If you realize that what you had to do, if you were going to sin, and you knew that you would then have to go, confess your sin in front of man, and in front of God, take an innocent animal, kill it, then you have to skin it, then you have to cut it up, so that the Levites can make the offering for you, is that sin really worth it? Is that desire really worth it? Think about that for today. Think about that the next time you want to sin. And say, is it really worth that sacrifice? That's what God's trying to tell us to do. Think about what we do. Because you know what? There are consequences to actions. And we've got to remember that. The consequences are we've messed up. But you know what? We have a loving God who will forgive us and who will teach us His ways. So that we don't go and sin again. And you know what? You're not going to be perfect, are you? But don't keep doing the same sin over and over and over and over and over again. Keep asking the Lord, oh forgive me Lord, oh forgive me Lord, oh forgive me Lord, oh forgive me Lord. That doesn't work, does it? God wants us to grow and to be deeper in Him. He gives us A way in which we can be with Him. And that's through His Son, Yeshua. Through the blood that He shed. To the sacrifice that He made. So that we can be pure as snow. Even though we're not. God will forgive us of our sins. It's interesting that he starts the book of Leviticus off right with getting down to business, right? There is no big, oh, let's talk about some different things. It's like, this is what you do, this is how we do it. God is very straightforward. You don't have to read between the lines to figure out what he wants, we know what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. See, that's the neat thing about our God. See, he doesn't just hang out in heaven, answering emails. But He dwells among us. He wants us to be in His presence. He wants, us, he wants to hear our praises as we come and worship Him. Have you ever been around someone who's always negative? Do you like being around that person? No, right? But don't you like to be around when, when people are praising and happy? Right? And that's how it is going to be in heaven. Think about this. The streets are paid with gold, right? What does that mean, gold is worth in heaven? Nothing. Worthless, right? It's, it's asphalt. You heard about, you know, a guy dies and gets to heaven, and Peter meets him at the gate, he's got this... Big heavy suitcase. Peter says, What's in the suitcase? He goes, It's all my wealth, all my gold that I had on earth. Peter looks at him funny and goes, You brought asphalt here? (laughs) What is special to us on earth is nothing in heaven. God wants us to have those spiritual blessings doesn't matter if you're rich or poor on earth. It matters if you're rich or poor in heaven. And he's very clear how you do it. You just got to follow him. Follow his ways. Understand his word. And the next time you're thinking about sinning, remember what you would have to do. Remember what was done for you. So that you don't have to go and take that innocent animal's life. Skin it. And chop it up. But remember that Yeshua paid the ultimate price. He sacrificed his life for yours. He gives you a new fresh start. That's what's so neat about our God. You know, it's interesting when you hear different people's testimonies. And I've heard a number of the rabbis' testimonies that are a little bit older than me, 10, 12 years older, and how God radically changed their life. Some of them were unlicensed pharmacists. Some of you will get that later. Right? They were doing bad things. But God didn't care about their past. God cares about your future. He wiped their past clean so that they could be powerful in the future. So that's what we need to do. We need to move forward and experience God's truth. I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask those watching online and those here in the congregation. Maybe you've been going the wrong way following the wrong gods, those little G's. And you're ready to follow the one true and living God through his son Yeshua. The response is very simple. All you have to do is say a simple prayer. God will forgive you of your past and make you a new creature in him. But you had to make the first start. You have to take the first step. What I ask you right now is how are you going to do it? The answer is really simple. All you need to do is accept Yeshua into your heart. If you are watching us online, you see our information on the screen. Wherever you are around the world, you can contact us and we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. But if you're here in the congregation right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're ready to say yes to Yeshua as your Messiah, all you need to do is raise your hand and we'll say a simple prayer with you in support. Is there anyone at all? Just raise your hand now. The Abba, Father, as we come before you right now, Lord, we first want to acknowledge the great things you have done for us and the greatest thing that you have done for us, which is the sacrifice of your Son for our sins. Lord, let us not give you second-rate offerings, but let us bring our best before you. We ask this in your Son, Yeshua's precious name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen.